This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. This is Dwight Schultz. I played Reginald Barkley, otherwise known as Broccoli, on Star Trek Next Generation and Voyager. You're listening to Trek FM. Welcome to another cup of Earl Grey, Trek FM's dedicated podcast to the next generation. I am your gracious host, Richard Marquez, and today, unfortunately, Amy is not with us. She is on vacation enjoying the fruits of Europe, and that's great. You know, she's probably going to um, visit Picard's Vineyard or something like that. So, oh, and Amy is away, but she will be back um, at a later date. Uh, but as always, Justin is here with me. How are you today, Justin? I'm doing well. Don't scare people. Amy will be back next week, not at some unspecified later date. <laughs> Oh well, we could have we could have done like a to be continued. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's okay. Yes, not to not to uh, you know uh, lose our listeners all of a sudden because Amy's not here. <laughs> well, they listen for for everyone. But anyway, great to be here. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> also joined with me is co-host of Warp Five and the Edge, Patrick Devlin. How are you today, Patrick? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a while since I've been on. Uh on uh, Earl Grey, and the last time I was, it was actually with you two doing a commentary as well, so it should be fun. It was. We were due. We were due. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that was months ago. <laughs> it was months ago. We, sh- we-, we need to catch up. <laughs> For today's show, Patrick wanted to talk about Beverly Crushers, so we'll be doing a commentary of the sixth season episode, Suspicions, but before we do... Uh, Patrick, why did you choose this episode? Okay, so the reason why I picked this was I wanted to do something about Beverly Crusher, and the main reason is my daughter is actually named after Beverly Crusher. So my <clears throat> my daughter's name is Beverly, and we got the idea, me and my wife, because we couldn't agree on a name at all, and we were playing a Star Trek card game. I dropped down the Beverly Crusher card and said, that's the name our daughter should be, and I, ironically, my wife agreed. What was the card game? Uh, it's the Star Trek uh, deck builder. Nice. The, uh, nice. We, I have I have all of them, but it, obviously it was one of the two TNG ones. But I have them mixed together, so I don't know which card, which deck it was out of originally. You should get it framed. I, yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> so we met Beverly Crusher at the Mission New York for the fiftieth, and uh, Gates McFadden signed the autograph to Beverly f- Love Beverly Crusher, and then Gates McFadden, which was pretty cool. Very nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's so Beverly cool. got to meet Beverly, and they had a, they had a great time. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. That's well, a great story. And, you know, that's an additional way for parents who are expecting children to choose their child's name. Yeah, throw cards at each other and whatever sticks. 
Especially Star Trek cards. Yes. So 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 if it's Worf, they should call them Worf? Hey. Sure. Some, you, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> oh, imagine if you had a child named Wesley, Richard. <laughs> Just going to keep throwing cards. Way to cards give me the heebie-jeebies. Anyway, before, before Richard leaves... <laughs> Yeah, so, so today we'll be doing a commentary of the sixth season episode, Suspicions. Uh, for commentaries, you can follow along with the episode, whether you're watching it on Netflix or Blu-ray, DVD, CBS All Access, however you might be watching the episode, you can follow along. But don't worry if you're not following along with the episode. I think as long as you've seen it before, you'll be able to, to follow along just fine. Uh, that's usually what I do. I'm just kind of listening in the car or when I'm doing work or whatever and listen to the commentary. So hopefully you guys will enjoy that. We'll give you a countdown in just a moment here before we start the commentary. All right, listeners, so we're going to get started here in three, two, one, play. There is our beautiful Enterprise D. And starts with Beverly. I think there's not many episodes that start with Beverly Crusher. I think the host is one of them where she's kissing the Trill Odan in the turbo lift, but not too many. So it makes it clear there's going to be a Beverly episode from the beginning. Yeah. Why would they have apples on the table? Why not? Oh, I didn't even notice that. Why not? <laughs> they don't have apples in the future? She replicated some and it looks they nice. Don't, they don't put them on tables anymore? <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, if you go to my living, if you go to my dining room, there's apples on my table right now. Yeah, but we're not in the 24th century. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm yeah, sure okay. they'll have more. So, so Guinan comes in to see Crusher. This is actually Guinan's last appearance before Generations. For some reason, she wasn't in season seven at all. But I always like seeing Guinan drop by. Yeah, Guinan was a great character. Uh, I wish they would have used her more, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. It had to be whenever she was available. You know, she was pretty busy. I think it's amazing True. she was on the 28 episodes or something like that. She actually just made it into the. Like Disney Hall of Fame thing, honorary. No, listeners, do not skip the intro. Yeah, if you click skip intro on Netflix, uh, you're going to be offset from from where we are. So (laughs) we're watching the intro right now, (laughs) which I always love seeing. Is this the old or is this the new? This is season. Oh, this is is, uh, this is the remastered. I think I have it set for HD on Netflix. So. There you go. The planets look really good. The ship looks really great. So, that's not the Enterprise I know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's not the NX01 that you talk about all the time. No, it's on not. Five. This, just, this one's a lot bigger. Yeah. FYI. Wow. Amazingly big. Like Forty of mine in there. In Our the sorcerer the alone. <laughs> yeah, mine actually did go to war and stuff though. So. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's true, but <laughs> didn't have a big season-long war in the next generation. Although the Cardassian War was taking place somehow, and During. didn't really know about it for a while. Yeah, <laughs> just maybe completely they, ignored. Maybe they were doing war missions in between episodes. Who knows? Nate oh, McFadden and Beverly Crusher. You know, I, so I watched this episode ahead of time just to, to refresh my memory on it, and um, even though it's not necessary at all in the commentary, but. It really annoys me that Troy's not actually in this episode a lot. Why is that? Wouldn't it make sense when she's trying to find out who's lying to drag Troy along with her? Oh, that's a good point. Hmm. I mean, but wouldn't that take it? What that would take away from Beverly? It would, but it would make sense. Come on, you love Beverly. You want more Beverly? I, in you're this right. Episode. I do. <laughs> but we could have had both. 
Wait, 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 wait. Are you trying to make up for Amy right now? I, I, yes, <laughs> yes. I must be channeling Amy. <laughs> All the way from Germany to, to New York. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back to Guinan and Beverly Crusher. Just talking about, I guess at this point, our career is in danger because of whatever she did. And I don't know if it happens too often on TNG that you see what's going on and then there's a flashback that's going to happen to what happened before. But I like I don't when think they do there that. Is. I like the way they used it in this episode, though, because the whole episode isn't a flashback. Mm-hmm. Except, yeah. I think toward the end, then it goes forward a little bit. But right, a lot it does. Of it yeah. Is. yeah, but that's what I mean. Like it's not, it's not full. At some point, she, the story catches back up to what's happening, quote unquote, mm-hmm. now, yeah. which is awesome. Right. So you can always like jump backwards and forward in the story. So like, like you're telling a story to someone. Yeah. Yeah. And how about Guinan's technique here? I mean, having seen the episode before, we know that she comes in and says something about having tennis elbow. And then at the end, it's like, I don't play tennis. Yeah. <laughs> that was just an excuse. Yeah, but if, but if I was crushed, I'd be like, man, you know how many credits I used to make this stupid racket for you? <laughs> credits? <laughs> well, I was going to say, she has to recharge her regenerator or whatever. Right. Like, she did research to find the best racket for someone with tennis elbow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, starting to tell the story of what happened with all the metaphasic shielding. I mean, I love this episode, but it does feel a little weird that she read the, this paper by this Ferengi scientist and she wants to bring these scientists on board to investigate the shielding. It doesn't really have to do with medicine, but I mean, it's cool that she's doing it. I was just to say the same thing. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. What is she doing? Uh, re- oh, well, I'm not saying she shouldn't be, but like. What is she doing reading about metaphasic shielding when uh, when there's probably all those papers about medicine out there right now? Yeah, it, it is weird. And even if she did read it out of like a hobby, it wouldn't shouldn't be her call to bring them, right? Oh, ha, ha, yeah. you're thinking, Patrick. Like she should, still have to, <laughs> she should still have to be like, hey, look, I read this paper. It's cool. You should check it out and see if we should bring them here. Yeah. But then again, if he she did say that to Picard, maybe he was like, "Oh, maybe you should bring uh, bring them all and, and do it as a." I want to point out while she's assignment. here. So the Klingon Korok, do you know who plays her? It's Trisha O'Neill who played Captain Rachel Garrett on Yesterday's Enterprise. Huh, that's interesting. <laughs> hmm. I don't think I realized that until I looked it up. That's the same person. No, I don't think I realized it either. Huh. Yeah, but I think this is cool. You know, there's a Klingon scientist, which when do you ever see that? A Ferengi scientist, you've never seen that before. This other species, Takaran, which you don't know much about at the beginning. I like that there's all these different species that are together trying to figure this thing out. Yeah, the only thing I know about the Takaran is I want, even now I want to strangle him before I even know how this ends. <laughs> When you saw it the he first time, look so hostile. Just, no, he just looks really arrogant. Maybe that's just, just a feature just of his. Maybe there. that's a feature of his species. I mean, so you could say Tellerites are really argumentative. You want to strangle them just because of that? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> okay. But but I mean, like having Rega as the Frangi scientist is really cool because pretty much up to this point in TNG. Frangi were just all about profit and deception and all the plans that they had. And he was the first one that was different than that. And I feel like that... Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I wonder if there was an influence somewhat... Because DS9 had started a little bit before then. And you get some more nuanced Frangi characters there. Well, it's the same thing with uh, with Cleons, too. I mean, really, this is like, what, one of the very first ones we see that's outside of war class besides Commander. I'm going to say, like, you know, it's it's really not... Like, before this, Klingon scientist, I don't know if we'd seen something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we did. But I think we do a little bit after that, maybe an Enterprise. But Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah. I mean, but so they they're breaking some interesting boundaries and having them together. Yeah, because like you said, like in Enterprise, we do see that they're not just war class, mm-hmm. and they make like a big deal of that. But it really must. It all stems from this breaking point mm-hmm. where they start doing things other than just being warrior class Klingons. Um, yeah. It is cool with the with the Ferengi because he does make mention of it later that, oh yeah, I know, you get it. I get it. They don't trust me because I'm Ferengi. And most Ferengis mm-hmm. just want to make money, basically. So, Can you blame him? No, but even <laughs> his, still. Like, and his, his clothing is surprisingly understated for a Ferengi, isn't it? It really mm-hmm. is. It's just like, uh-huh. oh, I'm just going to wear some muted colors. Cause, but even being a scientist, like that, I... <laughs> I, that wouldn't surprise me so much because you could make a lot of money in the universe if you figured this thing out. Yeah, with your with your invention, if you're selling it to species that can pay for it, sure. It is a remarkable opportunity. I've studied your data, Doctor Rega. That guy's coloring is interesting. The Takaran's like bluish, greenish, kind of. Yeah. Michael Westmore is doing something interesting that week. I mean, did something interesting every week, but it was a new thing that was a little bit different. I want to know how that relationship works. Which one? The human and the Vulcan? <laughs> yeah, I want to know um, how that relationship works. How does Amanda works. and Sarek work? I mean, right, they're not the well, I want to see that one too, but I still want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they, well, like Amanda and Sarek, for example, they probably explore it more in the in the novels, but it's just... I mean, is she the dominant one and he's... Or, yes. or is he? Hmm. I don't know if you can... I just go with yes. Like that, but. <laughs> go with yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, she's yeah. definitely, I mean, I don't know. They show a scene where they're, they're both arguing with Crusher later. We'll get into that when we get there. But it seems like she's just kind of the dominant one in the relationship at that point. And then he jumps in and she doesn't say anything for a while. So it's, it's a little confusing. Mm-hmm. Ferengi that's grateful. Thank you, doctor. <laughs> Is that a Cardassian pad? That looked like it. Oh, I didn't. Huh. I didn't notice that fly by. Yeah, there was there was two. There was know, two Federation pads, and ones. Then there and then, was a triangular one. Yeah, definitely Cardassian colors. It could be they just yeah. they just you know borrowed one from the DS9 set that week. Could it have been Ferengi too? <laughs> I mean, but but you know the Ferengi trade a lot. Maybe they liked the Cardassian. Well, wouldn't he take it with him? I don't know. <laughs> They're going back there. You're asking a question I never thought about before. <laughs> <laughs> Many scientists have tried to develop it. It's only natural that there would be... You would think you'd be able to afford braces as a... I was just going to say, you would think <laughs> someone would figure out how to make money being a dentist in the frame. <laughs> they, they just have different dental values, kind of like Klingons do. I mean, Well, they but sharpen yeah, they, their teeth. But they, they sharpen their teeth, but they're all just like crooked and, and odd, and yeah, they seem really to like weird. that. You know. Well, it has to do with the way they were created anyway. The, the, their purpose wasn't originally to be profit mongers, so... It was to be like the new scary baddie in season one. Yeah, they were going to be the new Klingons, and then that all fell by the <laughs> then wayside. Then real after quick. the last outpost, it was like, no, nah, it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> they're tiny people. Well, I mean, it, just because they're shorter doesn't mean they. But it's it's more that they were just kind of just ridiculous and and silly in that episode. So, all right, so we're seeing that this Takaran guy who's getting toward this sun to test this metaphasic shielding, which is cool. And actually, I we'll, we'll get there, but. I think when they did the vi- I read when they did the visual effects for this, they were using actual um, NASA footage for for what a star's corona might look like. So I think that's really cool. 
Well, that is interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm surprised they don't show something with Worf being uncomfortable with another Klingon on the bridge. You know, what's interesting, I, I, so I was reading in the TNG Companion by Larry Nemechek about it, and I think originally they wanted to have more of a role for Worf in the episode, but they had a lot of rewrites and it didn't quite work, something like that. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it, it's probable that he was very uncomfortable, but where this is being told from Beverly, like directly... You know, so yeah. So so, so, here, so here's something interesting. It, it it says in the companion it actually started as a wharf vehicle done in 40s black and white film noir style. Huh. That would have been weird. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> so. But anyway, they decided to make it quite different than that. I mean, although there are the flashbacks which you see in noir, but is that my phone or your phone? <laughs> my computer. <laughs> oh. No, there's a little ding that he's near the corona. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, he's ready. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a microwave. <laughs> oh. Someone who just walked into a store, <laughs> it's little, like walked into a hotel. <laughs> ding, ding. So things aren't going right, and... As we know from the later episode, he's just pretending that he's in some distress. But I like the the uh, the subtitles that are like breathing heavily, gasping. Right. <laughs> I have to just kind of imagine gasping again. So, and the, the, so the video image is all grainy now. Cause he's yeah, they make it grainy, and it's, it's just kind of offset a little bit, and that tells you that there's all this interference. They seem calm. I mean, it looks like the guy's gonna die, but but they're well, just like, I mean, oh, he's what's not going part on? of their crew. <laughs> no, he's no, a they're... guest on their vessel. Mm. It happens. See Maybe they've seen so much death that they're well, used he, to it. I, I, is this your first time usually... watching Next Generation? <laughs> I'm talking about just in general in, in, in the 24th century. Maybe there's a lot of deaths and they bring them back to life. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he eventually pilots the shuttle back. Oh, there's Worf. Get a lock on him. <laughs> he really doesn't do much, does he? Mm-mm. He didn't even say anything, really. Yeah, I guess not. Self-induced suicide. He looks really disappointed, the Ferengi guy. Oh, that's right. He says labored breathing. <laughs> Different kind of breathing. Hey, man, he's dying. Don't make fun of that. Where's, where's, <laughs> Is he where's really? Well, yeah, yeah we know, well, okay, right? later. But yeah, where's in, Nurse in Marquez? The end, yeah. Nurse Marquez. I don't see Nurse Marquez. Where, where is he? <laughs> Do you see him? No, no. Uh, he's, of course, he's gonna pressure. die. He's not there. Again. <laughs> Raspy breathing. Oh, now, that's yeah, enough. it's not labored anymore. It's <laughs> another description. So magically, things always stick to everyone's foreheads, no matter who they were designed for and being used on. And I wondered in the makeup, like, how'd they get it to, like stick on like that maybe they had crazy just glue? like little underside of crazy glue <laughs> maybe just rip it off crazy glue long gasp <laughs> and then the craggle he's gone the craggle yes <laughs> so mm. yeah that didn't go well and back to Guinan and Beverly talking about what happened so that was my first experience yeah. and she's still she packing her diplomat her little cases it always amazes me how small the like the luggage cases are in tng like in captain's holiday you see picard take like this little cylindrical thing it's like do you really have everything for your vacation 
You know what they should probably do is like miniaturize and then put it all into your case, like all your clothes. And Maybe all you don't your need as much if you can replicate something at your destination, right? Yeah, but I mean, it's not the same when you know you have the original whatever and you can just replicate all all day. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Don't be too hard on yourself. What are those? Yeah, she has little masks in the back. I don't know what that is. Oh, now we get to see the Takaran's chest. So they had to do and now he's blue green. and green. Yeah, but the green is much more green. Is that what he looks like he's face. dead? <laughs> I don't know. So now they're just standing in sick bay, talking. How's it going? I've never run into a humanoid species. And of course, uh, Crusher is baffled. No discrete organs. Now that's kind of an interesting concept. Like, th there aren't really separate organs. Things are just equally distributed. It's an interesting idea. Three hearts. Yeah, which is a little odd. Stacked, stacked on top of each other. Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Klingons have duplicate stuff inside. But aren't they on the right side and left side? Massive system-wide failure. I don't know. I, but for Klingons? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if we've really seen all of that, but I think they're, it's, it's been talked about. Okay, so now there's no apparent cause of death. So it wasn't like radiation poisoning. It wasn't... What is that implement? That looks odd. This little, like, flashy thing. <laughs> it looks like a can opener. <laughs> yeah. Your can opener lights up with LEDs? I know, right? <laughs> Mine does. it. <laughs> So is this actually like a, a little bit off of sickbay? So they're like doing. She does an autopsy there. Or they have a because later a separate they show morgue. a morgue. Yeah, but for the yeah, first time, but they because she says uh, take him to the morgue. Mm -hmm. So not him, but um, what's his the name? Joe Brell. Yeah. Yeah. So so obviously the morgue and sickbay aren't the same place, which which would make sense. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's not part of sick bay. That'd be well. I bet you in in Enterprise it would have been. They wouldn't have thought out to put two different rooms in such a small ship. That's true, but it seems like they, I don't know, set it aside somewhere where you can't usually see it. Put them in the freezer over there on the other side of the room. <laughs> yeah, just, just move all the, the the hamburgers to this side of the freezer and the oh, person no. over there. <laughs> oh boy. Cover it with a towel so no one sees. And it's not replicated on the on NX one. No, they actually had to carry hamburgers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> make hamburgers, yeah. So now they're looking at the shuttle. Shuttle Justman, which I think is named after producer Robert Justman. Must have been fun to be working on a show and be like, I want my name on this shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it there. Yeah. Is that carpet up on the top? Oh, uh, it's a good question, is it? Looks it. It kind of looks like it is. Huh. I, I, I wonder if we wouldn't have been able to see that if it wasn't remastered. <laughs> it looks like carpet texture. Let's lower the resolution. <laughs> I never noticed that. All right, so looking at the shuttle, they don't know what's going on. Now we're standing in the most generic area of the entire ship. Watch out for barrels. <laughs> that's in a different. That's in the barrel cargo bay. damage to organic tissue. I don't know. Perhaps there was an unexpected interaction between the solar radiation and the metaphase. Very machine. indignant that no, that's not anything possible. could go wrong. Well, he's definitely acting more Ferengi-ish now. Every contingency. Then maybe Joe like, yeah, he's got that sneer on his face. <laughs> Before he was like smiling, like happy science, <laughs> and now he's like, you offended me. Forgot my laser whip. <laughs> 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 you will not start a union. 
Alright, so now she's talking to the other scientists that are presumably still alive. I always find the, the terms interesting. Metaphasic. Somebody thought about that. That sounds like cool shielding technology. Metaphasic. Yeah, yeah. It's not just phasic, it's metaphasic. But that won't bring back Joe Brill, will it? I do not believe the shield will ever work. It's very common. So it's interesting. Even at this point, I get the feeling that everyone doesn't believe it won't work. They just all want to develop a bit themselves. Whom do you propose we sacrifice? You think that's what the Vulcan scientist is thinking? I think everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, the, like the division is kind of interesting. So she's a Vulcan scientist. Is she like part of a Federation Science Institute or something, or Vulcan Science Academy? Or I think they like, said she's she's in the they Vulcan. Do Science mention Academy Vulcan Science Academy, right? right? Which I think is maybe one of the only references to that in TNG. But yeah, but like, do they like how do they collaborate? How do they do things separately from other Federation members? I don't know. Pa- Patrick, did you just oh, he's say dead. that? Oh no. <laughs> Rega's dead. Surprise! I liked him. Now, what were you saying? Did you say that they're trying to capitalize on making it for themselves? Uh, is that what you're trying to say to me versus working collaboratively as a collective? Correct. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Oh, okay. okay. Although I don't know why that was such a big deal. <laughs> yeah, isn't, isn't it odd he was still holding the phaser that killed him when he fell down? Yeah. Worf is incomplete. He's like, ah, maybe he just grabbed tighter when he got shocked. <laughs> Which, just, oh, he does talk. There yeah, he go. does have a, f- a few. <laughs> he lines does have here. a few lines here, but but here's the thing: if that was if if it works the way that Worf is letting it off, like like it's an electric shock, you would absolutely end up with it tight in your hand. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. I would <laughs> trust me. When you get electrocuted, you grab things. <laughs> well, your muscles close. I'm just, I'm just messing with you, dude. I know you're electricity. I've had it happen. It sucks. I was with him right before he died. He was not suicidal. I can't remember the last time I got electrocuted. <laughs> that's a good thing. Well, it was in Iraq. That's for sure. probably a Mine difference between I get electric shocks every day, but that's different than electrocution, which sounds well. Bad. Technically speaking, electrocution is only happens if you die. So I guess I never had that. Happen. Okay, so you've had that's like a strong electric shock. Thank goodness, yes. not stronger than that. <laughs> Electrified. <laughs> Tuesday, in fact. But what? Just this guess. Past Tuesday. Tuesday. This past Tuesday. Yeah. Wow. No autopsy. Now, this is an interesting thing they throw in here that somehow Ferengis have this death ritual. And, you know, I think later in DS9, we find out that they don't necessarily have a ritual. They just vacuum pack their remains and sell them. <laughs> yeah, but, it's completely off continuity there. But okay. Yeah, but, but, but I think some, I saw somebody trying to explain it like, well, maybe they'll do something a little bit different because, you know, he's committed suicide and it's disgraceful or something or he, because he wasn't making profit who knows but it does seem to conflict but they, i guess they have to do that to move things along well yeah the story the story ends in five minutes if well yeah. no it doesn't because she could have if she could have just done the autopsy she finds nothing right because eventually when she when she breaks that and and does the autopsy it's like oops i found nothing and they're gonna be pissed <laughs> yeah the only reason why they have to do this is it's the only reason Otherwise, the whole point of her talking to Guinan doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. 
Because right. if, if they didn't do this and she just did the autopsy, then we could have just watched this as a regular episode. Yeah. But o- Ogawa here is just like, yep, I'm with you. Let's let's find out what's going on. I don't care if we're not supposed to. So It's a lot of baby powder. It was a lot of baby powder. Yeah, were they trying to make it look frozen or something? Yeah. <laughs> it is cold storage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's the hand? But you would think that they would have like a stasis versus freezing them. You know what I mean? So it wouldn't mm-hmm. it wouldn't damage the body anyway. I, the, the, the feeling that I get is like if you're putting someone in the morgue and it's something temporary, maybe it's cold storage, but stasis is for something longer. Or if you want to go ahead. But even when we found out in Deep Space Nine, you, some people can be uh, well. Obviously, we're not in Deep Space Nine, but <laughs> it's going on I mean, at the like, same time. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Okay, thank you. So, like you know, when um, what's that Vedic that, uh, that died? Um, Bra- Brile. Was it Brile? Yeah, yeah Brile. Di- they were saying that he they, he can be in stasis for weeks, months. Or oh, that's even true. Years, yeah, so. like you can keep someone in stasis for a long time until you find some way to figure out what, what goes wrong. So yeah. so here's Beverly talking to the human and Vulcan. So this this conversation annoys me because she she says something about like killing him wouldn't be logical and it most certainly would be logical. If 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 your end goal was to take the technology and do something with it, sure. Right. Well, what is she was close to it too, yeah. or at least that's the narrative when they, when she was they were talking about it. It's like she was close to getting the, or making this metaphasic shielding. Yeah. And of course, it piqued your interest. Well, Spock says, "Logic is the beginning of wisdom, not the end." <laughs> and you know, she would she would no longer be the preeminent expert in this field if this had happened, which to me is perfectly logical to murder somebody over. I mean, I wouldn't yeah, do I would, it, but no. but well, of course, that's the thing. Of, I think we find out various times in Star Trek, you can use logic to justify just about anything. Yep, especially for a Vulcan. Is there something you're not telling me? Uh oh. <laughs> No, meaningful look. <laughs> it's, it's nothing, but I didn't tell you about this um, This one thing I, here. I was hiding this for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> Wasn't in subtitles. <laughs> it, was, it was that Klingon. <laughs> Go talk to them. They get mad at everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like how the, in this next scene, she's like, um, Klingons make threats as court, uh, you know, as a matter of course. But yeah. sometimes they follow through. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's acting suspicious. Rega had insulted her honor, and no Klingon would stand for that. Yes, because Klingons are so honorable that they lie through their teeth all the time. The warrior class, that is. Passionate. But not a killer. Doctor, neither are we. Yeah. Like all right, his thanks. whole demeanor changes when he says neither are we. By the way, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, they're deliberately trying to make them seem a little t- to try to throw you off to what's really going on. Was that Jellico that went by? What are you talking about? Will you stop finding things in this episode that no one else sees? <laughs> the guy had gray hair and everything. I thought it was Jellico. oh yeah, because every guy with bad. gray hair is Jericho. Like yeah, Jellico. yeah, like he's, he, he's just <laughs> visiting after coming by for chain of command. <laughs> He was stopping for a cup of tea. <laughs> he doesn't strike me as someone that drinks tea. Okay. Who drinks tea? Well, what? 
Jellico. Well, yeah, no, but what would who strikes you as someone who would drink tea? Not Picard. <laughs> not yeah. not Picard. Like, like okay, better question. What qualities does someone have if they're a tea drinker? I don't know. I just I I don't know. I'm just saying. Jellico more a beer drinker? Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> All right. But Jellico does not appear in this episode. I'm pretty sure of it. Unless he walked by the <laughs> corridor there yeah. just a moment ago. We will never know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just amazed at like how different this character is than like Rachel Garrett, who she played before. It's, uh, it's quite something. All the, you know, I actually could see that. Yeah. Her face. I could see it, but but like the whole demeanor, and I don't think I ever really picked up on it before. Oh, that was Ooh, a rough her. shove. Yeah, it so, was a rough shove. And Beverly, yo, I give her props. She just stood up right back to <laughs> it, like, like shove oh, me again. Oh no! What? <laughs> Do that again! I dare you. She doesn't really say that, but her face does. Yeah, it's pretty great. Good thing you're dealing with a Klingon scientist and not a warrior, or you'd be dead where you stand. <laughs> she backs away a little bit. It didn't mm. look like it. Didn't appear that no. way. Yeah. It went too fast for that. Yeah. Could have been. Either way, Beverly gets up and wants more. <laughs> she's pretty fierce in this episode. She's going to find the truth. Yeah, right? she's ready to rumble. Yeah. I did not. And then this woman just goes back and starts staring at the scans again. Like, Yeah, at first I was like, is she going to order from the replicator? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tea. Oh, great. Hot. Um, I don't, she doesn't strike me as a tea drinker either. No. She's getting erect to Gino. <laughs> and now she realizes, wow, I almost died. She's like, oh, oh boy, man, this is dangerous. Died. But let's keep going. <laughs> the, the adrenaline wore I off. Definitely should have stayed on the floor. <laughs> and for everything I'd been through... I didn't have was that Jell- Jellico too? Oh no, that was a woman. <laughs> no, that was Nurse Ogawa. <laughs> She's back in her lab, just there is a bunch of just staring off into space in this episode, huh? There's a lot of thinking going on. There is, there is. All right, here, making a decision with the narrative in the in the background. Oh, that's right. This is where she does the autopsy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where I have made my decision. I'm gonna slice and dice. Yeah. What is that? Like it's like a trash, like a half of a trash can or something. <laughs> and why is it there? Every time it opens, it pulls back anyway. We could avoid that by just not having it there at all. Mm. I don't know. It's interesting. Oh, so she put him back. Well, she's already done the autopsy now. Okay. I don't know why I thought Ogawa was there for the autopsy, but Picard's quarters. I love that picture that's in the background. It's pretty great. Me too. And I love his desk. I want that desk. I like his desk too, <laughs> yeah. I did an autopsy. Oh, and he has that disappointed. I'm surprised he didn't do a face palm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he kind of, you know, it is Beverly, and he kind of, I probably kind of expected it that she would do that with her curiosity at the way it is. Yeah, that could be. Sorry, I know I shouldn't have done it. But he is pretty stern with her. Most certainly should not. <laughs> yeah, but like everything else in Star Trek, it, unless you're um, in Discovery, apparently, you can just defy orders all over the place, and eventually you find the answer, and you're okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Steal ships and all that. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> eh, that's a court martialable offense, but we're not going to bother. 
Well, you know, at least at least in Star Trek Four, they saved the Earth, so that kind of made it okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that yeah, you get a pardon for that. Yeah, but they destroyed the Enterprise and brought back a Klingon warbird. Yeah, but yeah. they saved Earth. <laughs> anyway, this is that's different. So having a little conversation. And I'm prepared to accept the consequences. Prepared to accept the consequences. So he just nods. Um, what are the consequences? What do you tell somebody at that point? I mean. I yeah. Well, all right. Done. done is done. Yeah, yeah. You did it. And that was almost the hardest part of all. So that's the story. That's how I ended my career. This is this is my favorite part of the episode, by the way. What? After all of that, Guyne just looks at her and goes, Jordan "Backhand volley." And she's like, "Are you kidding what? me right now? <laughs> I'm telling you how I'm being thrown out of Starfleet, and you're telling me about a tennis game?" <laughs> she goes, "What? You're upset." But you're still sitting here talking to me, right? <laughs> right. Stop crying and get out there. I'm upset. Why are you moping around here? Why don't you do something about it? I've done everything. Would fire be the appropriate word? Yeah, I think she's out of Starfleet. Well, she's yeah, supposed to be, right? But it's more of a military. Yes. Dishonorably discharged. I don't yeah, know. you should be discharged or discharged at least. Maybe relieved not of duty. And I like that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, relieved of duty makes sense. But even if she was discharged, if she was tossed from the military, it would be other than honorable discharge. But yeah. So, but yeah, Guinan is great at really convincing people to kind of trust their instincts and keep doing what they should be doing. All right, so I'm uh, relieved of duty, but I'll put in my uniform and ask people about stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, if she walks around in uniform, less less people who don't know what's going on would pay attention. Data would know what's going on. but Data would, but she's getting around the hallways. She doesn't want to be stared at by all the regulars. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that the weirdest thing in his hand, too? Yeah, what is that? It's like a toy? It's like a puzzle box. Expect him to get like his finger stuck in there. Yeah, or he's trying to get like his dollar bill back. I forget which one I have to push next. God, I've never noticed some of these things. <laughs> See? That's why you have us here. Well, that's yes. why we're doing a commentary. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely carpeting. It is, isn't it? Dang, it is. I never noticed that. <laughs> I'm always going to notice the carpeting. That is correct. It looks like shag carpeting. <laughs> no, it's not shag carpeting. It's got to be thin. Look, it doesn't look shaggy. There, there's the name of the episode, Shag Shuttle Carpeting. <laughs> you really need to get an interior designer in here. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they're doing all kinds of, you know, discussion and techno babble stuff to see what's going on. I kind of forgot how they figure it out. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Lee was the one that freaking um, was pointing out the carpet on the bottom of the, inter- you know, and all that. And I never realized thinking about the carpet of the Enterprise. Look at that. That is carpet. Well, this Look at this that. is right the sh- shuttle, right? Where oh, it's on certainly. the side and the top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the the top. But it's definitely carpeting. But so is kind of, you know, your car has felt and stuff up there. No, that's the same stuff that's on my basement floor. <laughs> <laughs> you bought your stuff from Enterprise? Uh, shh. <laughs> so I, I was I was too busy looking at the carpeting, but I guess she picked up something from Data, right? It right, was Riker. And she tells him the, I can't say that in a nice way. But buzz off. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. I'm leaving tomorrow. <laughs> yep, of course. Thank you. I'm telling you, this is a friend, and I'm telling you, stay away because I'm getting myself in more trouble. <laughs> yeah. Don't do anything foolish. 
card will do everything he can. And he like grabs her by the arm. I, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> He's like, listen to me. <laughs> well, at least at least you don't see the see him like grabbing her shoulders and making her turn like he does with Troy sometimes. Well, they yeah, have he does a do that, right? Bit more history, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's true. It's going to be that much harder on you. Thank you, Commander. Your concern is noted. Beverly. At least it's not violent. It's like it's, it's, it's not, like but it, but it is is kind of like a dominating move where it's like, hey, I'm gonna move your arm over here so you can talk to me and listen to me. Yeah, I, it's bad. It's not. Uh, I don't know if it's bad. It's not the best, but he he would be her superior if she was still had a job. It's, that's true, but yeah, and he's trying to get in close to tell her, you know, again, not make it obvious to all the the lower deck crew what's yeah. really going on. Okay, here's the part I was thinking about before where Ogawa helps her out. Because oh, yeah, she's like all about getting denied. the autopsy aisles. Yeah. The autopsy files, sorry. <laughs> aisles of autopsies. Yeah. Aisles of autopsies. <laughs> I was close. I just left out the f- part. Yeah, and, and I guess even though uh, she's a nurse and an ensign, she has the access to the autopsy files. That would, it's autopsy files. It would make yeah. sense. Yeah, I guess so. Because she works. And not to mention, she's the only one in there right now. <laughs> Apparently, so. all of her other staff is there at other times. Like Doctor Salar. How can we see Doctor Salar in this episode? And where's Nurse Marquez? <laughs> uh, You're going to be asking shift. that all episode, there, Rich. I know. I know he's not in this one. <laughs> look at those buttons in the back. That looked more like a 1970s panel. Let's do it. All right. So. Going back to look at the body. Now there's blue that thumb tool again. Something moves. There's a blue light oh. on it. There's a can opener. <laughs> yeah. It's got an LED um, panel on it. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. We need to run a tissue scanner. I don't know. They may have picked it up at a store somewhere because sometimes for some of the props and things, they would just like repurpose stuff they found at stores. You know that that actually looks like a um, a GoPro. Session. So they went to the future. They got a GoPro. They took it to back, go back and modified to make a show about the future. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Yeah, that does look like a GoPro. <laughs> hmm. Tetrions, always Tetrions. Someone did sabotage the shield. That's a possibility. Then she's trying to walk her back. She's like, oh, it's very circumstantial evidence. Just uh, she's like, uh, don't run with on. that. I don't know. I, I don't know why I helped you. Just don't run with that. <laughs> yep. There's uh, Jay in the background. Yep. Hey, look, yeah. Troy. Oh, Troy's here. There we go. Hey, in uniform. My favorite Dude, Troy she, in the regular uniform. Yeah, she missed all of the important parts. She's like, oh, what? Helpful. Did something happen? Was there a flashback? <laughs> Sorry, I was sleeping. Did they? Is that her real hair, or did they put like extensions in her hair? Because that doesn't look natural, does it? I don't know. I honestly don't think about people's hair. I know people talk a lot about hair on Star Trek, but I never think about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't really either. But So it is 93, so the 80s fashion is already gone. So I don't know what's going on with that hair. Yeah. Uns- unscheduled launch. I mean, apparently she's, um, you know, been relieved of duty, but she can still access a shuttle. Okay. Just not just not files from sickbay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotta work on. They gotta work on their security. There's all kinds of unscheduled launches and constantly. Like these are the the easiestly the most easy. It's easy really to easy to hotwire. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's easy to hotwire a shuttle pod in the future. It's not a car. <laughs> you would think it's off. <laughs> you wouldn't have the codes to turn it on. <laughs> I mean, if 
If I get fired from my job, they take my pass away before I leave the building. <laughs> or yeah. they take it before they even tell you you're fired. That's another good one, yeah. Mm -hmm. On Friday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> so they're calmly trying to figure out what happens as she heads to her death <laughs> toward a son. But that imagery is really cool. It is cool. Oh, now she's all fuzzy. Yep, that, that means there's interference. <laughs> when it looks like a, you know, a, a TV set from the 70s with interference on it. Just adjust those rabbit ears. <laughs> yep. Tilt, tilt the Enterprise 10 degrees. Tilt the whole Enterprise. Get that second missile a little higher. I think Dr. Rager was right about his shield. She's really confident. She's just going to bet her life on this when it's like 2 million degrees outside of her shuttle. Dang. Yeah, that's a little excessive, right? <laughs> I'm absolutely positive. You get in the shuttle pod and go. She feels really strongly that proving this technology will help against the Borg in a few episodes in Descent. That's what it is. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, that doesn't happen in this, in this scene? Oh, darn. <laughs> Beverly, what's happening? I look very concerned. Hey, it works. I'm not gasping. At least they're more concerned now than when the guy actually died, or they thought he actually died. Mm-hmm. Hey, spoilers. Well, they've known her longer. She's a main character. Of course, you're called a spoiler now. We've been saying it all episode. <laughs> I'm talking about Sorry, Jabril. listeners. We're assuming you've already seen this episode. Yeah, no, we mentioned that, that he died. Dead. Like, when he didn't. I know. <laughs> no, he's not dead yet. That is no, true. he's dead right now. He does die in this episode. Yeah, he does. Oh, 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 oh. There's, there's the compartment. Does it ever bother anyone that in these shows the compartment's always open with nobody's hand anywhere near them? <laughs> it's, just like, it's like a garage door opener. It's just <laughs> like, oh, yeah, <laughs> the, the opener's in inside the box or something. The shuttle uh, garage door opener? <laughs> yeah. So here's this Takaran guy who can apparently fake being dead. Yes. Which is interesting. These, slow it down, these Takarans are actually really interesting because, yeah, they can slow down their physiology, and as we'll see here, they can take like a giant phaser hit with a hole in them and still. Well, see, now I took that. I wanted to talk about that because I took that as he gets a big hole in his stomach, right, in a moment. Yeah. But it seems like she, she had it like set to stun when she shot him. That burns a hole through him that doesn't kill him, but then she sets it to kill and he vaporizes. Hmm. Like it seems like very low power, big hurt. Very, very high power, very, very sensitive uh, physiology. Yeah, very weird. Does, but does it? I don't know if it's set to stun. Maybe it's set to something. It could be between, set to, like stun in the highest setting. It could be because he's going to shoot her. It's likely he would kill her, right? It's, yeah. it's set to bunch. He doesn't. <laughs> and I wonder about these levels because there's like kill and there's like vaporize, which is like level sixteen or something. Well, she she probably goes to sixteen, right? I'm guessing on the second. No, it's, shot. it's it's buckshot, dude. It, it, otherwise, she, he'd be gone all the way through. If there's a hole inside of him, that it'd be it would have to be a buckshot. It goes. It's a through and throw. That's what I'm saying. Versus vaporize, where it destroys oh. him. All. No, but he but that does happen right afterwards. Mm. All right, so she got the drop on him, and <laughs> the shuttle's careening into the sun. Yes. And then they're rolling and then, around. Fighting. I wonder if you can land on that uh, on the sun with the with the metaphasic shielding. I don't yeah. think I so. I doubt it's it. Probably. Although the intro. Oh, ooh, what a oh, yeah! Kick. Roundhouse a spinning kick. roundhouse heel kick. And then she <laughs> so, she hits him. Right, look, and big hole in stomach. There's a hole in him. Through clothes That's and everything. That's crazy. Right, That's but now, shot, dude. But now, yeah, wait. I'm really pissed off now. Wait, wait. She turns it up and then <laughs> vaporize. <laughs> yeah. 
That's got to be like level 14 or something like that. But that, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, is that the first time you see Beverly kill someone as opposed to just stunning them? I don't know, but she's she she's pretty, um... Wait, are you talking about purposely or in her sickbay? No, purposely, like shooting oh, at she's them. Richard, purposely. She doesn't kill that many people in sickbay. And it's not like she's <laughs> killing people. She gets some really tough cases, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait a second, hold on. They're practically dead when they come to her. They don't show up with a paper cut and leave in a body bag. <laughs> She's not doing odd experiments to it's people. Not, it's not her fault that she's in the six seasons with the, the toughest cases. <laughs> All right, so they figured out what was going on, and the metaphasic shielding is cool. She's been reinstated. And everyone just believes her story when she gets back with no body as evidence. Mm-hmm. Like, well, surely they have like, a security camera in the shuttle that can show them what happened, right? right? No, because then we would have seen he wasn't really dying, right? It's true. <laughs> uh, well, no, but no, in the, in the, in the shuttle before he was gasping and and he well, fell down after he set the controls. I don't think. So what is the point of changing the angle of a racket? Because it had to be the future. I don't know. Tennis rackets are sensitive, but like it. it and then look, it has racket. four little rubber things that make all the vibration go away. Yeah. And no strings, so that's racquetball, not tennis. Hmm. By the way, uh, I'll, I'll take your word for tennis it. Tennis ball. <laughs> cool. Take my word. Wait, you don't know that racket ball is played with oh, paddle ball instead of rackets. Instead no, of I've tennis. never played either one. You, you had to have seen it on a movie or something. All right. Maybe, but I don't pay attention to that. <laughs> oh, that was the episode. So, of course, we had a lot of fun with it again. <laughs> Yeah, we did. But we? Um, what do you guys think after watching it in this commentary, Patrick? Oh, I love this episode. Um, I like anything that that revolves around Beverly Crusher, hence the naming of my daughter. But also, she really shows herself to be tough. She stands up to a Klingon. She roundhouse kicks Jabril, you know, and then and then blows a hole through him and vaporizes him without even hesitating. So, and she she has a lot of. Uh, tenacity to go after this as long as she did and not give up on something she really believed in so i really like it i really enjoy the episode and i like the way they portray her through this episode awesome so question on that favorite beverly episode this one a different one it's probably this one nice yeah are you kidding it's not sub rosa (laughs) (laughs) i mean really there are too many beverly centered episodes there's sub rosa there's suspicions there's the host attached i guess but that's more her and picard but she doesn't really get that many words she's the real focus so no that's really it i I mean i would count i would count attached even though picard's there too because it's Mm -hmm. they're they're like co-centers yeah 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 Hmm. so what are your thoughts uh richard i love how excited we all got when she roundhouse kicked (laughs) it oh yeah (laughs) yeah i actually like this episode um I before we even before we even thought to have Patrick on to this episode, I actually watched it and I I, I actually like I really like this episode. I really do. So it's probably she's a crusher. Um, but <laughs> but like Come on, um, you can't hate the whole family. Do you hate Jack Crusher too? Come on, I don't hate Jack Crusher. <laughs> okay. I don't have anything to go against him. <laughs> well, he he was half of the creation of Wesley. Yeah. Uh, good point. Thank you, Patrick. So yes, I hate him too. <laughs> no, no, you don't hate Jack and Beverly. You hate the combination of the two together. <laughs> so now you can so like I, Beverly again because Jack's gone, and that's all Picard's ha- fault. I half like them. How about that? Yeah. All right. 
<laughs> anyway, but yeah, I, yeah, I really like this episode. I, I actually like doing these commentaries because it's a you see a lot more, and it's like you know the episode, and it's just talking about it. it's like oh yeah, you know we would have probably never thought about the the Carpeting. carpet on, up on the <laughs> ceiling or Jellico going by or the Cardassian freaking um, uh, pad on the on, on the desk. So yeah, I kind of like doing these commentaries. <laughs> awesome. So of course they're. Like, why is the the Klingon and the Vulcan and the human seem so suspicious? And then you don't see them after that. Like, what was their deal? Do they really just want to take the technology? I think probably, so. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I think while they didn't actually have a hand in killing him, I think they were happy. You know, they, not that they were happy, but now they thought of it as, okay, now it's my chance. Mm-hmm. He's gone. Yeah. I can use it. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've always enjoyed suspicions as, as well. I think it's, it's a really great Beverly episode when you get past, it's weird that she's having a scientific conference. It doesn't have to do with medicine. I mean, it's, it's really strong for her. She gets to, to really pursue something that she believes in and get to the bottom of a mystery and really be the hero. She's the hero of this, this episode really. So it's, it's very cool. And I'm glad you suggested it, Patrick. So, um, Patrick, where can people find you on the internet? All right. So they can find me on the network at Warp 5 and um, on the edge. Warp 5, I'm with Brandy and Brandon. And the edge, I'm with Amy, who you can also find here, obviously. You can also find me on Twitter at MagicDrop5. It's one word, but the five is a number. And you can find me uh, hanging around the Babel Conference from time to time. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on to Earl Grey again. We always enjoy having you here. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me. I, I love coming on, and I, I love doing commentaries with you two, so that worked out well. Awesome. But one of these days, we'll have Amy with us, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should try that. I mean, she hasn't done any commentaries with us. If it was the four of us, no. what would that be like? <laughs> that would be fun. I think that would be fun. It has to be a Troy we'll episode. Ooh. Let's do Instant Row. All right, wait, wait, what's that no, one no, that no, she... No. Uh, well, but we'll, have, we'll have to... No, no, no. You don't want to do the one with Rowan Riker. Come on, Richard. <laughs> Well, we'll, we'll, we'll think about it. Maybe maybe we'll come up with uh, with something for that. I have to think about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I'm sure it'll be Troy centralized. So we'll see. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, it's been so much fun providing a commentary for the episode suspicions, but that isn't the only thing we've been talking about here on the network. Here's what you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek FM, to the journey. Do you have to have the stick to be the grand proxy? The scepter. Yeah. I see it as a walking <laughs> stick. Yes. Um, is that supposed to be the Grand Negus's um, scepter? Like, is that the actual one? Or, oh my it's a gosh. replica, of course, but is it supposed to be the actual one? I don't know, but what it reminds me of totally is old Biff from Back to the Future, old Biff, <laughs> yes. with his his cane that he hits people on the head with. That is totally it. Hello! McFly! <laughs> think, McFly, think. Standard Orbit. <laughs> People are coming over and they're introducing people to him, and it's my turn. And he goes, Steve, uh, Jim, uh, Jimmy, I want you to meet the, the host of the convention. This is Stephen Last. And he goes, Please to meet you, sir. Nice to meet you, Mister Dewan. And he goes, Hi, Steve. Nice to meet you. He's like, What? What? <laughs> you mean you mean you don't talk like that? The Six O Two Club. In particular, I noticed that the most with either Elastigirl or Violet because it's sort of like you and I were talking about before the show, Helen, Elastigirl, really shows that she's Elastigirl not only in what she does as a superhero, but 
in showing the things that a regular mom has to deal with, you know, whether you're a single mom or, you know, a a big family, it's something that um, traditionally they're trying to show that um, a a parent goes through. Warp 5. Right, because Frankenstein himself, like, it doesn't really mistreat the monster, right? They've got him locked up, chained up and whatnot, right? Because he's, they don't know what to do with him, I guess. Like, now that I've made this corpse, well, now what, right? Like, like yeah. you know, it's not like a puppy. Never right? thinking like, about the end game. Just like all those, you know, master villains. It's like, yeah, you, uh, you ruled the world and then what? Right. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they're published. And please leave us a star rating and written review. That helps others to find the show. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, in most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best place to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm or trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send uh, to a show and select Earl Grey. That will come straight to us, and we might read your email on the show. You can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. So, Justin, uh, where can people contact you when you're not cosplaying as a Ferengi scientist? Well, you know, I have to think about that. He has some muted tones. I may want some way to indicate I'm a Ferengi scientist with the more colorful Ferengi clothing, maybe. You got to sharpen those teeth first. <laughs> and make them crooked. Yeah, what, they, they must have some like little implement they put in their mouth. It's weird. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at TrekFan4747, where I tweet about nothing but Star Trek. Currently tweeting out my Season 5 rewatch of The Next Generation. And you can find me hanging around the Babel Conference on Facebook. So, Richard, where can people contact you when you're not creating metaphasic shielding over 300 years ahead of schedule? 300 years ahead of schedule? Yeah, the next generation Mm. says it's going to happen in 2368, something like that. (laughs) I don't know. There's a lot of stars I want to (laughs) visit. Well, uh, you guys can find me on Facebook. I pop in here and there on the Babel Conference, uh, talking smack about uh, Wesley Crusher, as you already heard. Um, but I'm also on Twitter. My handle is xransom. Is it just your mission to knock Wesley down every episode? Just got to know. Do you not see my shirt? Do you <laughs> I not know, see my you shirt? shut up, Wesley. <laughs> shirt. All right, all right. <laughs> well, if you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more, available through our special patrons website, The Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. We'd like to take this opportunity to recognize our current associate producers, Norman Lau, Justin Ozer, Michael Huter, and Thomas Appel. 
Thank you for supporting Trek FM and always, as always, uh, Girl Grey. So join us next time for another cup of Earl Grey. I don't play tennis. Today's a good day to die!